Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today is Wednesday and it's uh, Daily Cyber number 259. My name is Brandon Krieger. I'm a cybersecurity account executive and this is Daily Cyber, kind of the truth about cybersecurity, kind of giving you guys the ins and outs, uh, kind of what you can hear in the, the background in boardrooms, things that you guys really need to know when it comes to cybersecurity. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about uh, advanced hacks for cybersecurity professionals and guys are breaking into the field. Uh, I'm getting a lot of questions around breaking into the industry, what to do, but I also want to make sure you're balancing yourself out because a lot of cybersecurity professionals are starting to burn themselves out because there's just so much to do. So in this episode, I'm going to be talking a lot about that and answering your questions when it comes to cybersecurity, breaking into the industry, things you want to do. So we're going to be covering a lot today. So grab a coffee, grab a tea, and let's hack at it. I'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, USADO. USADO is a Canadian-based cybersecurity company that provides 24-7 cybersecurity support and compliance service that align their customers' tolerance for risk, their clients, suppliers, and government contractual mandates. USADO's teams focus on using insights to drive business decisions. There's no need to leave strategies to chance when insights can be used to show what changes need to be made and how to make them. USADO offers multiple services to help companies simplify IT, centralize cybersecurity management, and meet compliance standards. USADO can customize their service to work with your existing IT network and programs. For more information, contact USADO at info at uzado.com or visit their website at www.uzado.com. So guys, uh, how's your week going? Uh, let me know in the chat. Uh, I'm going to get sec IT to just kind of watch the chat. Just want to see kind of average how your week's going. How's everyone doing in the cybersecurity industry? There's a lot going on right now. Uh, people looking for work and looking for jobs. I mean, I think there's zero employment right now when it comes to North America and, and jobs. Uh, as long as you have some experience, you've worked towards getting a certification, Security Plus, I think right now you have a really good in. And then I know Neil has been talking about, you know, how to hack LinkedIn job interviews. We've had recruiters on the on the cyber and security network really to talk about how to, to break into the industry. If you haven't seen those, uh, I'll get SecIT to post uh, the content. There's a whole bunch of videos that we have that we can share it with you that you can go and rewatch, which really going to help you break into the industry. What to study, you know, what to look for, a lot of great things along that line. So I know there's so many people right now that I've talked to and great messages on LinkedIn. Thank you so much for all the messages you guys are sending me, asking great questions. So many people I'm seeing like, I want to break into the industry. Right? And I want to, you know, through this session today, I want to answer your questions. So, you know, post them in the channel. SecIT guy will be letting me know. Uh, and, you know, let's kind of get, get you, you guys break into the industry. Let's get you breaking the industry right now. All right, let's get you there. Let's get you, you know, working towards it, or at least in the next 90 days of six months that you're already starting to interview and get in there. There's so many jobs out there. I know even for my company, they're evolving and they're starting to hire, you know, we're getting more new staff that's coming on. So it's just amazing. It's amazing to see the industry 
and the longevity of career when it comes to cybersecurity. I mean, as long as you have this right mindset that you're going to be a student, you're going to constantly be learning, you will have a job for the longest time. Right? And let's put context to this. Anytime there's new technology, right, you're going to be learning that. So everything comes to end of uh, life cycle, firewalls, application, antivirus, you name it. Uh, you unify threat management tools. I'm just trying to think, like anything that you can think of software base is always refreshing, is always coming up with something new that us security guys are always learning, always something new. And I think the, the funny thing was the other day someone said, hey, Brandon, I'm an expert in the field. And I'm like, great, what are you an expert in? And they were saying, Brandon, I'm an expert in firewalls. I said, but what about this firewall? What about this one? What about UABA and all that? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I got that. I'm, I'm, I'm getting that. But what happens with AI and all this? And like, well, I'm constantly learning that. So then you're not really technically an expert. You're learning and you're evolving and you're advanced to other people. But you're, you're constantly a student too. And he goes, well, when you say it like that, yeah. I said, and that's where we need to think. We need to kind of be like, we're constantly learning. We're spending, you know, and I, I talked about studying in my last episode, 20 minutes to maybe an hour a day of constant studying constant you know learning something new because we're we're always evolving from what we do day in and day out to what's going on in the industry of what we're learning for our our future jobs our current jobs right breaking into the industry we're constantly learning so you know guys post your questions let me know uh any questions you have but i think it's really important to think about you know first and foremost if you're getting in this career and you're breaking in am i really passionate about constantly learning constantly evolving learning how to study better, learning how to, you know, consume information, right? How busy are you right now that you can break away that time too? I know some of the people when I was looking in chat, some people have families, they're doing studying after work, they're trying to get it in. And one of the key things I want to just remind you guys is the work-life balance, right? And this is why I today, I, I keyed this, the title of this is Advanced Life Hacks for Cybersecurity Professionals because, a lot of IT guys, cybersecurity IT guys get in the industry and we hustle. We hustle, hustle, hustle. But then we also start working longer hours, longer, even more hours. You know, and there's projects that come up. You got 10, 15 projects on, on the go. And then you have your own personal projects. And then what happens is now you start working 40, 60, 80 hours a week and you're burnt out. You know, 30 days, 60 days later, you're burnt out. So the question is, how do you manage that? How do you manage it all, right? And one is chunking it, chunking the things you want to do. And then two is assessing it to see what the actual value is for you, right? In the sense of it could be monetary, it could be future growth. How are you assessing that for yourself? And I think it's so important to have that measurement because it's interesting. I've been having this conversation more and more is, People trying to help people evaluate their time, right? And I'm going to ask anyone here, and there's another question for the, the channel. Do you know how much, how much you're worth per hour? If you can sit there and say, okay, you know what, Brandon, I'm worth, no matter if I'm doing working for an employer, I'm working on my own consulting, I'm worth X. For every hour I spend, it's roughly X. So I'm going to use round numbers. Say you're $100 an hour person, right? So anything you do, you're spending $100 an hour. If you can put that number in your mind, you realize you have to be more efficient with your time, 
right? Where you spend your time. And some people, once they evaluate that, they kind of go, wow, like I'm spending a lot of time doing these things that might not be giving me return on my investment on my time. And it might even be just rest time, shutting down, cutting off, shutting off your technology, whatever that, so you can rest and repair. So you stop doing your work. One guy I talked to today, we were sitting there, we're having the conversation and I go, okay, great. You own your own business. Great. So you're hundred dollars worth an hour. So you're doing your prospecting, you're doing your studying, you're doing all this stuff. And he has like a cybersecurity business, right? You're doing all this great stuff. Okay. So let me ask you hundred dollars an hour. How much time do you spend on marketing? Oh, no, no. I don't spend any time like an hour a day, whatever. No, no. But developing, developing the images, putting out the content, posting it up, doing all that. It's about three hours. So I said, it's $300. Okay. Yeah. Right. Whatever. How much time do you spend with clients, right? That you're consulting, you're doing all that. Okay. I spend about, you know, four or five hours a day with my clients and consulting. So that's paid engagement. Okay. Perfect. So there's revenue there. But what about after, right? After you're doing that, like, do you do follow-up calls? Do you do other things that maybe you're not getting paid for? It ended up when we finally finished, he was around 600 to $700 of work that he was doing that he wasn't getting paid for. So I said, okay, that's fine. Is it generating you revenue? And he kind of goes, no, well, that $600 now came down to $300 that wasn't generating revenue and wasn't helping him to build. So it wasn't studying. It was kind of time that he was spending doing other things. I said, okay, if you could take that away and you know either give that to someone else to do, or if you can just chunk it so you're doing it later and other times where you have more space, how much time would you have back for yourself? He's going to have probably about like seven or eight hours a week. I said, how, what would that mean to you for even just family time and rest and repair? Cause I'd be like, I'd be able to rest, you know, take a nap at you know, through the day or something, you know, study a little bit more. I said, that's the key point. That's the work-life balance that we got to look at is how do we balance out from what we do day-to-day -day job, right? Studying family life and things along that line, right? Maybe labs and things we're doing at night and maybe different other projects and not burn out. And that's what we have to look at is these things kind of giving value. Now for me, for this is volunteer, right? I'm giving back to the community because one person or many, actually, I'll be honest with you, gave to me and said, look, Brandon, I'm going to help you in the industry. I'm going to help you break through. Come sit with me and I'll mentor you and I'll give you answers, some questions. I'll do some, you know, some mentoring for you to help you break into the industry. And I'm like, perfect. I wish I would have had that earlier. I wish I would have had someone that I could have gone to. So for me, it was like, you know what? How can I do that for other people? They're sitting there going, you know, I wish I could give back. And this is my, you know, little slice of me time where I like to be gratitude and give back. So it's always good to do that as well as to have that time where you give back to the community, give back to charity, what you want to do and have some uh, gratitude on the people who've helped you out, the people who've got you to where you are and then helping other people gain that success as well. Streamlining, streamlining in the sense of coming through different challenges, sharing with them, you know, Hey, Brandon, I'm trying to get this job or I'm trying to do this and I'm having challenges. And you go, have you tried this? And they go, Oh my God, I tried that. Like, uh, you guys probably watch, or if you guys haven't watched Joel and I do the CISSB study group, and we're starting to see people that are going, I've tried to take the test. And since I've been working with you guys and you guys are just helping me study now, I've passed it. Thank you so much. And it's because we're talking not only just the book and the, the theory, 
we're talking about real life situations well because sometimes on the exam they talk about scenario based so if you're in a situation this would happen how would you implement in your organization well we're talking about that how we apply it and he they're like oh my god they're soaking that information up so amazing information on that side so we want to make sure, and I want to make sure, is I give back to you guys as much as I can. And you know, all the questions and everything that you guys have been you know, giving back to me, saying, hey, Brent, I'm trying to break in the industry. I'm trying to get a job. I'm looking at certification. I'm looking at education. I'm looking at what books and resources. For me, that's like, great. Here, let me streamline how I'm doing it. And hopefully, that'll help you and streamline your journey instead of it taking you nine months. It might take you six months. Or maybe even, you know, three months. Now you're like, oh my God, this is so much better. Right. And then you, know, you have someone you can pull from, you know, the community and Discord as well, that you can sit there and go, okay, hold on, guys, hold on. I have a question. Hands up. What did you guys do for this? And you know, senior level people, people have been there, say, Hey, look, I tried that. That didn't work. This is actually what I did, and it got me there. And now you streamline that. So it's that gratitude, you know, and giving back to the community. So Again, let's kind of recap just first and foremost. First, getting into the industry. Getting into the industry, understanding this is a, a job for life, right? And it's a job that you're going to be a student of life for this career, first and foremost. Second, make sure, say now it's the second here, balance out your time, work-life balance, and really have some, some, some sort of assessment tool that you evaluate your time management and what you're giving back, right? In the sense of how much time you're spending. Because I'm going to tell you this right now. As cybersecurity professionals, people are going to pull from you. Hey, by the way, I have a question for you. By the way, I need your help or advice on this. By the way, can you help me with this project? By the way, by the way, by the way. And you got to be able to say, no, I don't have the time. Or if you're a consultant, I can book you in the time slots that I'm working with clients. Here's how it goes. And as you scale your business, you might have to get more cybersecurity consultants, pen testers, and grow that out but at least you, you know how to manage your time. And I think that's really important to think about on that side. So again, guys, make sure you ask me any questions that you have. Uh, again, I'm here to help you guys out. You know, this is kind of one of those ask me anything AMA, but I want to make sure you guys really get that. Uh, got a question coming in already. Uh, given that we understand the need to always be open to learning new things and always need to learn something new, how do we gauge a baseline by which we can consider ourselves professional, professional ready, uh, professionally ready? Okay, so perfect, perfect question. Actually, you're never gonna feel ready, right? You're never gonna feel professionally ready because you're always once you get to that baseline, there's always gonna be that next level, right? So what you have to do is put yourself out there, right? You have to get in these situations, right? And I'll say situation in the sense of doing low stakes engagement, right? Meaning work with non-for-profits, work with small com companies and organizations. If you're a consultant, if you're going for a job, start applying, start applying for these jobs, do one certification, read, you know, a book, a course, start kind of getting a baseline and then start doing the interviews, right? What's the worst they're going to say to you? No, not right now. You're not really ready. And then the, 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 education point of this is great. What do I need? What did I miss? And then you're going to start filling the gaps. They're going to go, you had all this great stuff, but you missed the experience. You missed this one area. If you went back and did that, then yeah, we would. Yeah, most definitely. And then you're like, perfect. And now keep going. 
And then now you get that one baseline job and then you get real world experience. Your team starts to train you, you get in there and now you're going to move up to the next level. You know, say it's SOC. And I'm going to use SOC because a lot of the guys in here are looking to get into pen tests and all that. But say you get into the SOC level one, get a lot of experience, six months, one year under your belt, know quite a bit in that time of working that, you know, the environment for a full year. Then what happens when you go to look for SOC 2 jobs, they're going to go, oh, by the way, you just don't know this one thing. And you're like, ah, okay. And then you go study and you, you get that. You apply at your work, what you're doing. And then boom, now you're SOC 2 ready. So, and not SOC 2 compliance on it, but you're a security operation, a security analyst level two, right? I want to be clear here because SOC 2 is actually a compliance. Uh, so hopefully that answers your question. Let Keep going. I just, if you're looking for professionalism, right? And being, you know, professionally ready, test yourself out. See where, see where you are. What's the worst going to say? They're going to say no. And they're going to then ask the question. Don't be afraid to. Thank you so much for the interview. What do you see that I'm missing that I didn't get this position? And then they're going to tell you, well, you know what? You were kind of new. You didn't have enough experience. We were hoping you had this certification. Perfect. Now, don't get me wrong. If you don't get the interview and you're not getting that, look over the job specs, right, in the description and have that as your checklist. Need this, need that. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of them are going to be very extravagant. So check with the community and say, okay, guys, I'm looking at this job specification. I want to go for this job. What's real in the real world? And they'll go scratch out. You don't need SQL. Be a SQL database administrator. You don't need to be five years a cloud expert. You don't need this, but you do need these. These are actually real. And the community will help you kind of judge that. And there's your roadmap. Study, 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 study. Done. All right. So hopefully that helps. Uh, how long does it take a company to figure out that they they have been they've been breached? And what is the first call to action? Okay. So. <laughs> What you'll normally find is there's an uh, irregularity in the system, right? Now, if they've been ransomware, I mean, it's it's instant. They find out. But if they're like loss of data, things along that line, and you're seeing that companies are not either one coming public six months later or they're not finding out like until six months later that they've been compromised, that people, hackers have actually been in their system doing reconnaissance, going through their system infiltrating a lot of things, downloading data, doing all that. And all of a sudden, the they notice the logs, they notice the monitoring, and then they all of a sudden they, they flag everything and realize it's April 7th, but they're going back through the logs and realize in February they were actually compromised. That's when the person got in through a forensics investigation and realized that the person's been in since February 7th, right? And they've been going through the system. So it takes companies, you know, quite a bit to you know, detect and respond if they don't have the right tools in place and the right team in place. Right. And we were, we're seeing this in, in larger organizations. Um, Molson's uh, just got hacked, right? Great team, great people in place, but I mean, they just, they just found out, right. It wasn't too long ago. So it happens, it happens to all organizations who are doing great jobs of security. It's now stepping up, stepping up, keep stepping it up. So hopefully that answers your question. Uh, how to start from scratch for stepping in uh, in cybersecurity. Okay, so first and foremost, I would I always recommend looking at Security Plus because it's just a great benchmark. It doesn't mean you have to take the exam, but grab the book and read it cover to cover, right? Any of the uh, Cybex, I think the CompTIA Security Plus book, read it cover to cover. It'll give you a baseline of kind of, you know, everything that's in cybersecurity. 
and then kind of look at, okay, what interests you? What area, what domain interests you? And now start looking for what job you want to go for and then reverse engineer. Cause if you want to be a hacker, you want to reverse engineer that and say, okay, how many years experience do you need? What do I need to know in the sense of technology, administrative controls, technical controls, you know, policies, procedures, what, what do I need to know as software and then work your way back and have that as your checklist to kind of break in. Now, depending on where you are in your life, right? certifications are great to get you in right past the gatekeepers uh looking in the the discord channel asking people a lot of questions finding what industry or vertical you want to work in uh so if you're in health if you're in finance if you're in manufacturing there's so many different verticals you can actually start to approach that's really good to kind of look at uh getting in if you're already in the industry because you know a little bit about the business, right? And then how they work. It's now how to secure it. Putting on that security hat and saying, okay, now how would I breach that door? You know, how would I get in that system? Is that secure, uh, that key card really secure? And you really kind of think that way, get your minds in that. And now start to think of, well, what can I learn for the organization? Do they have a personal development program that you can talk to uh, HR and say, hey, look, I love to get in the cybersecurity department. Could, do you guys offer programs, courses, you know, you know, prepaid or uh, repaid courses and programs that if I take something that you guys will, will help me out with and that will help you kind of get into. So some different ideas, not knowing your situation. That's what I would recommend. Uh, what is your bench? Uh, what are your, what is your benchmark to tell when you are uh, overworking? Okay, great. Great question. And, and this is again, hacking this. Here's one thing that I was actually, I was reading if you lay down, hold a spoon in your hand and lay down. If you lay down and the spoon hits the floor, like in the sense of you don't realize you've let go of the spoon. It's very quick, five, 10 minutes and you fall asleep. You're overworked. You're tired. You're fatigued, right? Second is retention, right? It's retention and energy. If you find that you're reading stuff and you just can't get it, right? Then what happens is through that, you're like, Okay, I, my mind's tired. I'm not able to consume information. I'm not, I, I'm fatigued. That means couple key points. First, look at your hydration. Water, 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 right? That's why I have this always with me. Make sure you drink a lot of water. Second, exercise. I recommend for everyone, exercise in the day. Key things, success principle, advanced principle to add into your life and all that. When you get up, the first hour to two hours of that, that day should be for you. Think of it in this way. And this is something that I learned in business 101. Business 101, any successful business person pays themselves first before they pay the government and right? before they pay their taxes. They make sure they, they get their money, they get their profits, they isolate for their payments, and then they pay their taxes. No different from when us for our, our ability to work and be successful, put in your dues first. Study in the morning, work out in the morning, hydrate, right? Do the things for you first in the morning and then do things for everyone else. It's called the I, we, and all principle that I, I used to teach as a holistic lifestyle coach. You got to take of I. I is the foundation. If you had kind of like a, a triangle, right? Your foundation should be I. The base of that should be I. Then we as your acquaintances, or sorry, we as your family and friends, very intimate people, and then your acquaintances are at the top. The most amount of energy 
you want to spend is on you at the start. It's going to build up strength. It's going to build up your energy. It's going to build your focus, your clarity. You want to do that for you. Um, also, on top of that, I, what I do, and I've heard about many successful people do, is write a journal, right? Write a journal in the morning, write a journal at night. Piece of paper, what do you want to do? Uh, in that journal, write down gratitude, three things that you're grateful for. What are you going to achieve for today? Right. And actually, uh, I'll give you guys this right now. I'm actually going to pull this up on mine because I actually have a journal here. Um, so I have mine. What I'm great. Five things I'm grateful for. Uh, what would make today great? Three things are right there. And then my daily incantation. Right. And incantation means it's emotional. It's energetic. It's something that's going to it's not. Uh, uh, it's not just like a motivation, like uh, I'm, I'm really good. I'm really good. It's something that you actually feel for yourself. It helps to motivate you and keep you focused on what you want to do. Right. And then something that is really important to get your day started. And then at the end of my day, and just give me a second here, I write, uh, just pulling up here. I write three amazing things that happened to me today. Right. And how could I make today even better? So some just checking back in, like what didn't work that would have made it better. And this will give you a self-evaluation, start of your day, end of your day, so that you can, and it only takes five, 10 minutes. Sometimes it takes longer, and I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I sit there and for an hour and write a journal at night because I'm debriefing all the things I've dealt with. But when I do that, it makes me check in with myself and what I've learned, what I've you know evaluated. And it's amazing because it, now it's a self-evaluation for me. It gives me a testing to measurable results is some sort of some strategy learned from Egan Pagan is you when you're testing what you're doing, if it's working, you get to now modify, you check in on yourself. And if you do it, like I do like electronically on my iPad, I can now search and go back through the year and see what successes I had, what things I've learned. And it's just amazing. So that's one, you know, really kind of long answer to say, you know, what's, what's your benchmark versus again, I'm going to just recap spoon test. Have a spoon in your hand, go lay it down on the couch, see if that drops really quickly. If it does, like if you fall asleep and you're laying down and you just fall asleep and you drop it, you don't realize you do, then what happens, you're probably really exhausted, right? Second is trying to evaluate your mind. Can you study you energetic at the end of the night? Oh, three, I want to add this, the three o'clock crash. How many of you guys have the three o'clock crash where you're at three o'clock and you're like, oh, I need a coffee, right? I need a uh, power drink. That's generally you're overworked and you're fatigued, right? You're just, you're, you're done, right? That's when you have to look at resting, repairing, hydration, good quality food. I eat, you know, constantly throughout the day, uh, good, healthy food. So those are some things to help you exercise in the morning, all those great things. Watch this video back. If you have any questions or let me know, uh, you know, let uh, psych IT guy know if you have any questions, just put it in the, the, the chat and I'll, I'll answer more. Uh, next, if a hacker is, is in the woods hacking with uh, an acronym keyboard, nobody else is around, does it make a sound? That's a very interesting question. Now, if he's hacking, does he hear the sound? That's, that's a good question, right? I'm going to ponder that one. I'm going to, I'll get back on that one. We're going to, uh, sec IT, leave that one for me. I'm going to ponder that one. Right, because that's the one. If you know, if the tree falls in the wood and no one's around, does it really make a sound? It's a good question. But what if a hacker does does that? What if he's hacking there? I think he'll hear the sound. Uh, next question: Do you need to know any programming language for pen testing? 
scripting language, programming language is not bad to have and understand. Scripting language, I've, I've heard a lot of pen testers use to, op, to automate their pen testing. Uh, they have different scripts they run. So any scripting language, uh, one that when I was starting to learn uh, Python programming or starting to learn pen testing, I was learning Python programming because that was supposed to be the easiest and fastest to learn. Right. So I would recommend kind of looking at that, talk to the pen testers in discord, see if you know, which ones they do. And also, um, depending if you're doing application pen testing, if you're doing application pen testing, most definitely I would recommend learning a programming language. That's your path you want to go because you want to know how it works first. And then, so you can pen test and, and, and compromise it. Uh, next question. How do you figure if your certs equal, uh, equate to a degree? I have many certifications, but no college degree. I am also very, uh, early in my career. So it's hard to compare to jobs. The want a four year degree with no experience, for example. Okay. This is a good, this is a good question. First question I have for you and just kind of put this back to get you kind of thinking right? Do you really need a degree, right? And how are you measuring, how are you measuring the degree to certifications? How I would measure it is job and income. If I'm getting jobs with my certifications and I'm getting the income that I want, does the degree really matter? Right? And that's what you have to look at. If I'm going through that path now, let's give it a caveat. If it's a technical roles, Majority of the time, they don't look for degrees. They look for uh, certifications or, or, or knowledge in that area of education, certifications or degrees, but they look for that equivalent. They kind of say degree or certifications equivalent of, but then they look for experience. Do you have experience in the area, right? Because they want to make sure that they get someone that's in there. And then from there, you're moving up. Now, uh, when you're looking at managerial roles, a lot of them still are looking for degrees because they want them to have some, some thinking process behind them. They want to understand theory. They really want to kind of work through that. And they're still on that side. Now, it's not impossible to have certifications with experience and get into managerial roles. It just some companies want senior levels, uh, directors, VP, uh, and above C-suite to have a degree. So depending on where you want to go in your cre uh, career path, I would say if you're, you know, you're doing a lot of certifications right now and you want to test this, the measurable results, go see your jobs, see what job you want to get into work from that way back. See if you can get the job that you, you really want and see what's the, the benchmark and holding you back. Now I like to kind of get you to respond back to me. Let me know what job you're trying to get into. I'd like to hear that. Uh, next question. Hey guys, speaking of cloud, what is the trend you are seeing regarding cloud certifications? I have a Bachelor of Science in Computer Science, Security Plus, Azure Fundamentals, CYSA. Uh, what would you guys look into aside from CISP, uh, GCIP, and OSCP? Okay. If you're going to security, the past that you had for cer certification, uh, OSCP, depending on if you want to be pen test, if you want to be a more managerial role, CISSP. If you're going to cloud fundamentals and you want to be a cloud security, look into the companies that you want to work for and see what if you can find out what cloud solutions they're using and then go that direction. If they're using Azure, right? If they're using AWS, I know AWS is, is more, from what I'm hearing, and I'll just say my point of view, I'm hearing a lot more people going AWS certifications. Now, not sure why that is. I don't know if they're just 
easier to, to take, right? Because they're more accessible and available. I don't know if it's now, and from what I'm hearing is like, just more companies are going to AWS. I don't know if it's the pricing model, the speed of the technology, right? How they're helping support their clients. All I'm saying is try to find out for you which cloud solution you like to work with and then work your way back. If you want to do that, especially when you look at cloud solutions and security. Now I know a colleague that's actually doing uh, cloud security and she's busy, 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 busy. So if you want to go into cloud security, I would just follow that path, you know, funds, uh, Azure fundamentals, looking at the, 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 you know, engineer architecture, uh, role, uh, training certifications, move your way up and then having a security mindset in that point, in that point where you're like, okay, hold on a second here. Let me know how I would secure this through this whole process. What can I compromise? That's your questions, guys, the key to success guys and ladies that are here. The key to success for being in cybersecurity is always asking, how would I compromise this? You know, what if I was a hacker, what would I do? How would I compromise this? How would I manipulate this? How would I breach this? And have that mindset for everything you're doing. Right? Doesn't mean, and I want to be very clear here. So, you know, little waiver here. I'm not telling you to breach them. I'm not telling you to hack anything. Right? Don't want you to go into an engagement and get in trouble. I'm saying have that thought process. Ask yourself that question because it'll get you into the security mindset constantly. So then what happens is as you're going through this, you're going to be like, yeah, you know, you can do this, 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 and this. When I worked physical security, that was constantly on my mind. Constantly day and out. You know, we have a CCTV cameras. We have sensors. We have that. But could I just go right through the window? And what would be the response time for the police, right? Or security guards? How fast could they respond? How fast could I grab that? Hmm, interesting. Okay. So now more patrols, more of this. Now I, I look at solutions. How would I fix that? Same thing that you guys are thinking about. Pen testing or even your blue team. I'm setting up this firewall application, whatever that may be, D, uh, DHCP, Active Directory, We're setting up hardening and getting everything ready. How would I break into that? How would I compromise that? What would I do? So administrative uh, controls, accounts, uh, counts privileges. Can I get access through, you know, some sort of port? How would I get access to this? And then when you start thinking that, it makes you very creative in different ways. And now you kind of look at, okay, I have to make sure this is locked down. This is locked down. Now, don't get me wrong. There's white papers on a lot of these that say how to harden. So you just check through it, look through it. Okay, white paper, white paper. Ah, there's a vulnerability report on top of that. Okay, hold on. What's the vulnerability? Oh, is that secure online? And it just gets you in that mindset. So hopefully that answers your question. Uh, when all these companies uh, want cybersecurity experience, does that mean uh, any area? Basically what I mean, is there a wrong first job in cybersecurity? Hmm. Good question. Is there a wrong first job? I would say yes. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some context to that. The wrong first job is the one you don't want to do. Right. And the one you're not going to enjoy and learn from. Prime example, say you hate writing policies and procedures, but there's a compliance job, cybersecurity compliance, great job, great pay. Say you are terrible at grammar. You hate writing policies. It, it's the vein of your experience, right? You just, oh, I don't want to sit there and just write policies, business impact analysis, 
um, business continuity, disaster recovery, instant response. You're just like, oh my God, this is like nails on a chalkboard. That would be the worst job. If you're like, hey, I want to go into a sock, go for the sock, go right for it. Right? Get the the basic experience or knowledge. Some of some of the first sock jobs, some of them say, like, you know what? Zero experience will train you up as long as you have a security plus. So you have some knowledge, some a little bit of base education. We'll bring you in, we'll train you. Right. That's perfect. And I want to say that now, don't get me wrong. I want to say this very clearly. There's nothing wrong with a compliance job. Someone that, that specializes in compliance. It all comes down to if that's something you do not like, that's when it becomes the, the wrong job for you, right? The wrong first job. And then how do you know that? Are you someone? And, and let's put the, the hat on of sock compliance, whatever that may be. You know, if you're a compliance, do you like writing? Right? Do you like procedures? Right? Do you like policies and procedures? Do you like subsections and addendums and doing all that? Is that something you you wake up in the morning and go, you know what? I'm gonna. I'm. Are you Sheldon? Are you like, oh my god, I I got a, a legal contract I have to write, and you're you're excited about it, or are you like, oh my god, I have to re read this contract. This is terrible. I don't want to do it. Then maybe compliance is not for you. It's not something you're interested. In, right? Sock roll. You know, are you interested in looking at you know? monitoring logs and all talking to clients and do that. Maybe that's something you're not interested. Maybe you are on the other side where you like compliance. I'm using those as an example to kind of get you to think in that mindset, really kind of go through that. Uh, yeah. Let me know if you guys have any questions about that. So advanced strategies, and we'll keep going back into that. Uh, make sure again, you guys ask lots of questions. Uh, again, if you guys know anyone, uh, colleagues, friends, anyone along that line, that wants more cybersecurity information, gave you a little bit of a golden nugget, like, hey, you know what? I want to break in the, the cybersecurity industry. I want more information. Have them come out to the cybersecurity channel, right? Tell them to subscribe, come, come out to the Discord channel. We want to grow this. We want to get as many people out here because there's so many people that want to, to evolve and grow in this field. We want to be that community. We want to be that community that's going to help and give value. From Neil... You know, Sec IT guy, right? Frazier, all us, all the community themselves, all the streamers, we're all trying to give back. So make sure you guys ask questions, you know, keep them coming. So let's go back into kind of the, the advanced, you know, hacking strategy or hack strategies for our lives. So we've gotten to taking care of yourself, sleeping, exercise, kind of doing all that. Next thing is studying. How many of you guys are studying every single day? Post that in the channel. Let me know. Uh, I want to see what, how many people are studying every single day. Just yet, just me. I study every single day. Just put that in the channel. All right. If you are doing that, that's perfect, but make sure. And here's the caveat. You're, you're actually able to study. I've talked about this before. I've really, really kind of want to hit this home. I want to make sure that you're retaining the information. So if you study every day, I want you to write your notes down while you're studying. I want you to review it one hour one day, one week, and then three weeks or four weeks a month after. And if you recall that information without reading it, right, you're just instant, then you're studying properly. If you're not, then what happens is we have to kind of modify and optimize your studying because you should be able to recall it that I get you in a meeting and I say, okay, you know what, you know, John Doe, John Doe, tell me about the OSI model. Tell me about the new 
uh, Amazon principles of security. If you've been studying that, you should be able to go, okay, perfect. If you're not getting it perfect and kind of ramming it through, it just means you haven't retained it yet. So you're studying methods. And, like, and then I'm saying, if I test you four weeks later, so we've got uh, April 7th, say May 7th, I say, okay, John, come in my office. Let's talk about this. I want you to go through all the security principles uh, for, for Amazon. And you're like, I have no clue. One is this, you know, making sure that you secure uh, each cloud instance. Second is you, you secure the VPN. Third is policies and passwords. And next is, you know, account policies, I think. If you're at that point, that tells me, okay, you, you, we have to optimize your studying. You might be tired, fatigued when you're studying. You might kind of be burnt out. You're not retaining the information. So when you do that, remember, review one hour after, one day after, one week after, and then make sure you study, you, you review it, you know, four weeks, three to four weeks after, and see if you can recall it. So write out a list, right? Write out your list, like one to five, one to 10 of things that you've covered. Try to keep it clear and concise so that you can just go bang, right? And some people, what they do, and I'm starting to work on myself, is that I'm starting to mind map things. And what that basically means is, and you, I'm just reviewing it for you guys, and some maybe don't know this, but you guys probably know this, this is mostly review. In the center, main topic, right? Your subsections are the branches out, right? And you branch those out. And those subsections, you should be able to call those subsections and study them. And when I mention each of those subsections, you should be able to go, that's what that topic is. And yes, I know what that is. And then the main topic say, and I'm just going to say it's uh, domain number one of the CISSP, right? Uh, domain one is, uh, I'm just trying to think right now. I actually ran a blank. Uh, domain one of the cybersecurity policies or is, trying to think, 1.1 is professional, uh, professional ethics, right? Second, 1.2 is, uh, security, security concepts. And then three right now, I'm just going through is security governance and principles, right? And that's only in domain one, right? Which is security risk and, and, and management. So that's stuff I have to work on. I'm working on right now, preparing for my exam. So you can see I'm only on, I've been studying with Joel and kind of going through that, but now I'm going to hardcore getting ready for my test studying. So I'm now doing the things that I'm teaching you guys to do that. Right. So when you do the mind map and you draw that out, you want to make sure the center is kind of your main topic. You have your subsections underneath. And then when I say that main topic, it should recall it almost should be like a wave coming over you like, oh, my God. And there's 13 areas in that. And this is what I'm covering. So let me know if you have any questions about that. Uh, so mind map. Next is when you're studying. There's a pie technique that I talked about, I think, the other night. Right, a pie technique of taking some information, whatever that may be, short, short, clear, and concise. And then what you want to do is you want to bring it into your 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 memory. So the first is try to identify a place with it, right? That somewhere you can actually look at memorizing that. So if it's in your office, visualize the office, visualize kind of that place, right? The next you want to do is the imagine it, make it extreme. Now. Yesterday I talked about, uh, was anyone there yesterday for yesterday's uh, stream? Comment below because I before I don't want to mention this unless you guys are there because I'm going to test you guys and see. I'll see you guys as you I'm going to just have a drink of water. Let me know if you guys were there for yesterday's uh, day, uh, CSSP study group.
If you were, I was talking about Papa Smurf. So if you can remember what Papa Smurf meant. Okay, so if I'm telling you Papa Smurf, right, what do you guys remember from that? Do you guys, anyone? What was the relation of Papa Smurf? Perfect. I see starting seeing Smurf attacks. Perfect. So what we were talking about yesterday was an OSI model and we were going through, I think it was layer five. And then we we're talking about Smurf attacks, layer five, six, and seven. And we we're talking about Smurf attacks. And I was saying one way to remember that is PIE, -I putting a place, imagining it, and then entwining that, that place in that imagine. So imagine, you know, a Smurf attack. So Papa Smurf's doing a Smurf attack in smurf village he's doing that if i give you that Im image you're gonna think of smurf attack and you're gonna laugh right because you're gonna think of puppet smurf right you know sitting there hacking away right and you're not gonna forget that because it's gonna be so funny now if you did that a few times one day or one hour one day one week right four weeks after four weeks after i said papa smurf to you you'd go oh my god yes he's doing a ha he's doing a smurf attack at smurf village you know, Brainy's watching, everyone's watching him, right? So when you're doing that, it helps to ingrain your mind because how we learn and anyone that's have kids, right, understands this. How we learn is we point and we visualize first. We go, ah, ah. We don't say cow. We don't point where, we just point at the cow thing, you know, what? and then someone tells us cow, that's a cow, right? Our, our imagination, our retention works the same way is that we visualize things. The more we visualize and get emotion to it, imagination and, and emotion, the, the longer we're going to learn that. So think about stuff that you're having a real hard time learning, right? Try to get your imagine. If you're like, I'm struggling with this, Brandon, I'm struggling with different types of attacks, cross-site scripting, smart attacks, things like that. Now make them use the pie principle place. Imagine entwine. I'm telling you right now, you do that, totally different. You're gonna start memorizing them. And then what happens is someone's gonna recall them and then boom, you're gonna be like, hey, what about cross-site scripting attack? Cross-site, right? What can you think about cross-site, right? Can you think of cross-hairs, like a, a like a gun shooting, you know, cross-site, you know, can you think of a train crossing? Like there's all these things you can come up with Right. And when you come up with that and you imagine so the place would be, say, down the street from me, there's a cross, a crosswalk. Right. And that crosswalk that someone's actually breaking into, they're breaking it down. So cross site attack. Right. I can actually come up with that. And then now I can, I'll laugh. I'll kind of imagine that. And next time someone says cross site scripting attack. Right. I might think of someone doing graffiti on that crosswalk. Right. And then what happens now I'm going to say cross-site scripting attack. Well, at the crosswalk, someone's doing, you know, scripting, right? They're doing graffiti. Perfect. Now I remember that. Right. So things along that line, just to get your imagination going, really kind of doing that. So yeah, it's place, uh, in, uh, imagine entwine E N T W I N. Right. So if you guys want that, right. Pi is the, the place, right. It's just an acronym. All right, just so, so that you remember that. Uh, guys, keep the questions coming. So that's help with your imagination when you're you're doing kind of learning because we have so much, 
so much to cover, so much to, to think about as we're going with IT. There's just so much stuff. This stuff is complex, right? Cybersecurity, IT, whatever that may be. There's so much complex information that it's hard for us to keep retaining, right? So we have to figure out ways to help to optimize our mind. And our mind is just a muscle. Right? The more that we actually start to build on it start to study and do all that, the bigger it grows, the more we can retain. So, and this is a really kind of help you guys, right? As you're doing with it, cybersecurity, testing, pen testing, things like that. You want to do, if you have a list of different methodologies and tech methods, you want to be able to call them on site. You don't have to look up, uh, Excel spreadsheet or things like that. You know, your, your attack uh, protocols, you don't have to look that up. You want to be able to recall them. You want to be able to do that. And this is a way to help you do that, to really kind of get them in your mind. So that's that's one of the things I'm recommending people for, you know, studying right now. How do you prioritize what you learn first? That's a good question. I always look at for myself, where am I the weakest? So actually, let me let me take a step back. First, job role. Like I said, look at your job description, where you want to go. That's kind of my roadmap. Then I look at one of the two things. What's the most hardest and, and more technical to get that it's such a, 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 I guess what you say, like a hurdle for me to get there? What's the easiest? So I'll knock off the easiest first, right? Try to get through those as quickly as possible because then I know them. I kind of know them. It's easy to do. And then what happens is when I get to that threshold where there's something now that's like, okay, this is a mountain I have to climb. Then I start working on that. And then I start looking at if I have three mountains, which one's going to be the most beneficial first out of those three mountains? If it's three, I'll work on three first. Then if it's one's next and then two, right? Two say it's way out there. Say it's um, OSCP for me. I'm just going to say, say that's because I'm not really a pen tester. I've done a little bit of studying all that, but say it's way out there for me. I have to learn the pen testing methodology. I have to look at, you know, different, bringing on different tools, Kali Linux, learning Linux, doing all that stuff. But to actually um, say hone upon a, a SQL server, that might be way up there for, okay, I got to learn Linux first. I got to learn Kali Linux and, and the Linux command lines and things along that line. Linux command lines will be first. You know, then, you know, poning a SQL server will be way up on my list, right? Kind of give you an idea. Uh, that's how I would look at it. Uh, do you think you you would, uh, do you think we have our own version of SolarWinds in, on Russia, China, that's like top secret? I have a feeling, I mean, this is, I'm going to kind of keep this, this is my opinion. I think cyber warfare is going on in the background. Things we do know in here, things we have no clue and we'll, we'll never hear about, right? And I think that's constantly going on. And I think there's always this cybersecurity battle that's going on in the, in the background that we just are not aware of. Um, I'll give you another analogy. How many people know about like the dark side of their city, right? The, you know, the things that go on, the, you know, that like goes bump in the night, right? The guys that are just kind of like, you know, like the drug dealers and things are going on. I put that in an analogy for people where it's sometimes we just are not exposed to things that we just don't know. We don't know. Right. And when it comes to like cyber warfare right, and things are happening on the government 
level, military level, there's things we're we're not even just aware of that they're doing. Uh, I've asked this before in the score, but want your opinion. Uh, I just started learning. Are the HTB labs a good starting point? Depends on wh where you're where you're coming from. Now, it's one to be confir confirmed here. Uh, you mean hack the planet? Is that the one you're talking about? If you're saying that, depending on your level of you know knowledge, if you're coming in and to be fair, not knowing your experience, say you're coming in and you're a tool and die guy, never touched a computer, might be a, a, a big, big leap. Not saying that you can't do it, but might be a big leap, right? Oh, hack the box. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. So yeah, say it might be a big leap if you're coming from like tool and die, electrician, being an electrician, and you don't touch a computer, and now you're trying to hack a box, might be a big leap, right? If you have some computer knowledge, you know, basic knowledge, understanding Kali Linux kind of things along that line, or you can learn very quickly. I'd say go for it, right? INE has the pen testing course, things along that, that we're re recommending people to go because it kind of goes right through it, uh, giving people the knowledge and expertise. So that's kind of my recommendation for starting out. If you're kind of first starting out in cybersecurity, right? And kind of getting into pen testing, hack the box is great to get your, your skills to really kind of get your, your feet dirty and, and hands on keyboard. Right. And seeing what you can do. Right? And I think it's important to really kind of look at that. Uh, so, guys, we have another six minutes just to let you guys know. So rapid fire questions. Uh, let me know uh, a little bit on my side here while I just wait for you guys questions to come in. Over the next probably six months to the end of the year. You guys are going to get busier and busier. Right, even more guys that are in the in the industry, guys that are breaking into the industry. It's going to get busier and busier because the evolution of different technologies. Now, one thing that I'm hearing: quantum computers, encryption. Right, the more quantum computers that come out, the more challenge that we might have when it comes to you know popping encryption and 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 compromising that. So you're going to hear a lot of problems with data and data protection. So that's going to be a big thing. And then companies are going to be looking for it. You've got the CMMC for the DOD. That's going to be huge, right? That's coming out in the next year to two years, but companies are starting to look now how to, you know, meet the compliance needs. So that's another big thing they look at. Um, next thing is the resource shortage. Companies are still looking for great resources. Resources, us guys. You know, and girls, right? In cybersecurity. Uh, do you know assembly? And if so, how does that knowledge help you in your job? No, I do not know assembly. Uh, as far as I know, assembly is a uh, programming language. Just let me see here. Gonna... Yeah, so I don't know assembly. Uh, it's a low-level programming language. Don't know it. Is it good to know uh, for a job? for coding, programming, for sure. And that's very specific. And I'm going to actually kind of go back into, yeah, and I'm getting, yeah, from sec IT guys saying probably not, probably not a good idea, right? Because I'm trying to think of like, how would you use that, right? If you're, if you're doing application pen testing, maybe it might be beneficial, but it's a long route to go, to learn, you know, assembly language, and then go back into pen testing. So I would say probably not unless your assembly is something you, you already know. If you already know it, it might be good to help you. But I mean, that's a programming language.
um sits here uh, uh malware analysts are reverse engineer software programming language at a processor level so there you go so to give you a, uh, an idea of assembly uh just give me a second here next question do you think real tech uh, technical certificates like oscp are valuable if i'm targeting towards a uh, more managerial job okay what is the oscp oscp is directed towards pen testers right it's the methodology of not only understanding how to compromise and engage into you know almost like capture the flag type methodology but also reporting and making sure that you're able to write reports after for managerial roles i would say and this is my personal opinion it's not the best path or direction right it's kind of a long path unless you want to be a team leader or a manager and and you know, a pen testing organization, maybe because to be able to do that. But if you're looking at security managerial roles and you're looking at a faster track to get there, I would say the best way to do that is uh, CSSP and those th those type of certifications. That will get into kind of a manager role faster. Uh, how and then here's something that a lot of people don't talk about: you can get associate a CSSP associate which gives you up to, I think it's six years to get the experience needed to actually be a fully qualified CSSP. So you don't even don't need necessarily the years of experience to get a CSSP, right? But you'd have the CSSP associate and then you'd have up to six years to get that experience. So give you an idea. So at least you have the, the managerial knowledge. Now it's going on getting a job and applying it and now getting the experience and now you're matching that up for real world. Uh, how much time do you take uh, for yourself, not studying or working. I normally stop work around four o'clock. I take a break uh, around till five or six, depending on how I have a stream. And then I'm off. And then Friday afternoons, I normally take off around two or three. And I take the weekends off. Right. But now I do study uh, through the weekend. So in the mornings, I study on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, I'm, I'm an early riser from six till nine. And then I have the rest of the days off. So that's the time I take off for myself from working. And then I do stuff. Like I actually go out and do things. So important to have that work-life balance to spend time with my wife, go out and have some fun, get out of the, the apartment and the place I'm working. Because what happens is, as you guys know, we all sit way too much, right? Because <laughs> that's our jobs, right? It's constantly sitting. Now we're on, you know, different video conferencing and we're going meet back to back meeting. So I get moving. I try to get up and going. Uh, is working with a mentor a good way to improve on on stuff like this? Uh, goal setting, time management. Yes, 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 yes. Find a mentor, work with them, have them have your accountability, share your goals, share your doing. You know, because there's going to be things like I have. I have Neil. I have Joel. I have my wife. Where I review the stuff that I'm doing, where they'll go call me on my shit, and I'll call it out, and they'll say no. No, 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 don't do that. What are you doing? What's wrong with you? But it's a great idea. No, no, it's not. Like, cut that off, right? And what you'll see through that is kind of like, okay, yeah, you guys are right. right. I need to focus. I need to focus on what I need to do in my goals. And having that accountability partner, accountability partner is so important. Now, here's something even better. And I add, I'm going to add one more layer to that. Say you're working towards something having times to teach your accountability partner what you're learning because if you can teach it you know it right if you can share it with them you know it 
If you stumble and you're having a hard time, you don't know it. You need to go back and review it. And that's okay. That's your baseline, right? That's kind of giving your measurement that, okay, maybe I don't know it as much. Let me go back and have them sit there and listen as a newbie. And they might be an expert in the field in that area. That's fine. Have them listen to like a newbie and ask you questions, maybe to trigger your, your, your recall, whatever that may be. And if you're like, I just don't know. Perfect. Make a note, go write that down and go review it. That's going to help you learn faster because as you learn it, you retain it and you can teach it you, then you know it. Right. So that's why I would say a mentor is amazing. Right. Even accountability partner, right. Someone that you're studying with, uh, how do you overcome paranoia of always being exposed on the internet? Okay. <laughs> that's kind of an open-ended question here. Um, exposed mean no, the exposed like nudity, or you're talking about like exposed that you're a fraud and you don't know what you're, you're, you're talking about. Clarify that for me because I really want to understand that. Now, I'm going to answer the first, the second part of that. Expose as someone that's a newbie. Call it out. I'm just learning this, right? This is something that's new to me. Call it out. The best thing you can ever do, and I learned this from negotiation, call is call the elephant out in the room. How can someone say, if I say to you, I'm a newbie, I'm learning CISSP, speaking, and they go, you're not an expert. I'm like, yeah, I said that. I literally just said I'm not an expert. Not even close. I'm a student. I'm learning it. Going to write my exam on on uh, May 31st. New guy, just learning it. I know some knowledge. I'll share some what I what I've learned, but I'm not an expert in it. Call that right out, right? Uh, like you're interacting with social media and putting your info out there. Yeah, Jack. Try to our uh, sec it. Try to find more information because you know putting yourself out there. We're all out there when it comes to social media. Pictures, images, you know, all along that line. If you think about being compromised in the sense of your Facebook page being compromised, your data, as soon as you put it online, it's out there. It's on some server. It's already cached there. So you're, you, you've already kind of compromised yourself, right? And now we just saw this with Facebook. I guys, You guys have seen that where was it 500 million records were, were compromised. They knew it. It was already out there. They're already selling it. Like we all let's, let's call the elephant in the room. Our, our information's already out there. So if you're talking about social media, right. And your data that's out there, only put things out that you want to share and you want to be out there. If you put it online and I, I taught, a, I did a cybersecurity awareness pro, program, like a couple uh, live sessions at a, a high school. And I was telling people, don't post those pictures of throwing gang signs and, you know, hanging out with your friends, smoking weed, doing all that because it's out there forever, right? And someone does a, an HR person does a crawl on your website, your social media, whatever that may be. And they find that you might not get called back for an interview and you just won't know why, right? Don't put things out that's going to change, infect your brand. Right? And a lot of the guys are like, yeah, don't worry, you know, Brandon, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, I'm telling you, these guys are crawling your websites and they're looking at, are you the right person for the environment? Right? You're the right person for our organization. And when they see that, they're like, nope, no, they're not. Like they're a liability, they're a risk. And we don't want to take that. You know, what's going to happen if they do something that's going to affect the, the company's brand? We're not going to take that risk. Right? And they just won't call you back. Uh, so that's, that's my kind of my have my, my rant on social media and data. Now, don't get me wrong. You check out me. I'm all out there, but I'm all there when it comes to content information, you know, videos, pictures, things along that line. Cause I know 
it's helping people. It's getting out there, this information. Other than that, like you don't see much other than that from, from me. Uh, I'm new to the stream and the team. YouTube algorithm brought me here. This is awesome for people trying to break into the industry. Thank you guys for giving the community. Thank you so much for your comment. We really appreciate it. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Join the Discord channel. Uh, lots of great people here. Connect with everyone. Share your LinkedIn profile in this, the Discord community. Everyone connect. Uh, Sec IT guy, can you actually show uh, share my, uh, I think it's exclamation Brandon, uh, share my uh, social media links. Have you guys connect with me on LinkedIn? Please reach out. Now, here's the, the one thing. Connect with me on LinkedIn and send me a message, right? You know, it says, you know, add a message. Let me know. And here's the question I have for today. What is the one challenge you're dealing with cybersecurity? Let me know, right? And then I'll see what I can do to help you guys or bring you back here with the team to be able to help you. Um, I want to I want to present to companies and advice advice security, and I'm better looking better looking into red or blue team. I want to present to companies and advise security. Okay, sorry, let me read that again. So I want to present to companies and advise security. I am better. Am I better looking into red or blue team? Doesn't matter. You're going to present to companies as soon as you get to work work with clients. You're going to do it on both sides. The question is, do you want to help them to harden it, or do you want to show them where their vulnerabilities are, right, and help them secure it and help them with their security posture? Blue team is more hardening side. This is what you need to secure. This is what we need to do. The red team is more. This is what we're going to test in the vulnerabilities, and we're going to you know engage on this side. And here's our findings. This is what we found, and here's your remediation. And we'll give that remediation to your blue team now who's going to now look at the remediation, the roadmaps, what needs to be secured, how they're going to implement that. So both of them will talk to clients and present, right? So in cybersecurity, anyone will tell you, as soon as you start moving up, you're going to start dealing with clients, and you're going to start presenting to people, and, and people are part of companies. So you're going to do that, right? Now, here's a little question for you. Do you want to work for someone or do you want to be your own consultant and work, you know, have your own company? Now, if you work for your own company, you got to know both sides, blue and red, right? You're going to have to have, you know, very diverse background and knowledge. Uh, okay. So we're coming up. We're just seven minutes past. Uh, I'm going to take one more question. If you guys have it, let me know. Um, if not, uh, I know Neil's on the, this afternoon, he's on at, or sorry, he's on in an hour. Right? He's on at eight o'clock. He's going to be doing a stream. I think he's with a sec IT guy. So we have a little bit of a window of break. So if you guys need a bio break, grab some food, stretch, right? Kind of get some exercise, kind of get up there, you know, get some movement going, right? And then from there, if you want to do that, uh, take a little bit of a break, come back in one hour. Uh, Neil and sec IT guy, Jack is actually going to be on their stream. Uh, and they're going to be talking about pen testing and a lot of great stuff. Uh, give me a second here. Just got a question. I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I don't know about uh, plant hair. I think it's called uh, Power Reworld uh, Time Decision and in, in, Intuition have the data that they need to make the decision for safety, stability, and prosperity. But too often, their data is fragmented and locked in silos. The people on the front lines of most important problems don't have the information they need when they need it most. At Pantera, 
Uh, we build software that lets organizations integrate their data, their decisions, and their operations into one platform. Our software empowers entire organizations to answer complex questions quickly by bringing the right data to the people who need it. I'll be honest with you, sounds pretty interesting, right? It depends on even how you read it, sounds pretty uh, interesting. So uh, what's my opinion? I don't know, I don't know them that well. Uh, Sec IT guy, I don't know if you know anything about them. If you wanna comment to that and let, let them know what your thoughts are. Uh, seems interesting, right? Even just the way I read it sounds interesting. I think I intrigued myself, I'll find out. And I'll take a look at it uh, after. So, oh, just got an update, no Neil tonight. Uh, so yeah, there's no stream after that. So, um, secretary, are we on for, do we have anyone else on tonight? No one else. Okay. So what I'm going to do for you guys, I'll give you guys a couple more minutes. What's your one burning question? Something that you're like, I'm having a challenge with right now. I want you to flood the stream, right? What's your one burning question you want to get answered right now? I'm going to spend a little bit of time, another, say, then on the clock, uh, sec IT guy, give me five more minutes. And then what we'll do is we'll, we'll end the stream. I want to see what I can do uh, to help you guys out. I mean, that's my goal here. You know, one thing I want to add, guys, Thank you so much, right? Thank you for all of the stuff that you guys have been doing. Thank you for the community. Thanks for helping me out. I uh, The only ask I have, and would you guys be against that? Invite everyone you know, family, friends, people that are in, in, in cybersecurity, invite them to the, the cybersecurity, cyber uh, insecurity channel. Have them come out. Check out all the streams. I mean, we're trying to right now, Neil and the team, you know, Sec IT guy are all trying to invite as many people here as help as many people as possible. And with your help, we're doing it. Like we're hitting great numbers to help as many people. And we're seeing people come back with success stories. We want to hear your success story. We want to hear that. Oh my God, I got the job I wanted. I'm doing the things I love to do. We want to hear from you guys, right? We want to hear that. I was trying to break in the industry. I was having such a challenge and now I'm in there. I'm in the, I'm in the industry. I'm working at X and I'm loving it. I'm doing it. We want to hear those success stories. Uh, how do I get a recruiter's attention in landing my first job in cybersecurity? Hmm. Recruiters, I'm going to say are a little bit harder to get into. I would actually ask you this. Why don't go for the companies, right? Recruiters are not bad, but if the company is the one you want to work for, I would go after them and see how you can get in front of the hiring manager, the HR person, like those people. Recruiters kind of hit and miss, right? In the sense of they get thousands of resumes. They're looking through that. they trying to see who's the best fit out of the ones that they're going to get in. And once the ones that get in, that's where they're going to get paid. So they have their own motives to kind of get someone in versus having you hack the system, hustle and get yourself in. So I would reach out to as many crew as you can, but that would be one of my strategies, my other main strategy. So that would be my, be my C strategy, my A strategy that I would be doing day in and day out, looking at the companies I want to work for and then connecting with the guys on LinkedIn, you know, 
hiring managers, managers of the department, HR, all that, and just contact them. Hey, how, thank you so much for contacting me or connecting with me. You know, I really loved your work for coming. Would, would you be against meeting with me for like five minutes? I just have a couple of questions about the organization and, and then ask them, you know, how do you like working for company X? You know, what would be your recommendations? If I was looking for a job, what would I do? Right. And then just listen, take in as much information. Right? And from there, then you have to have a roadmap of how to get in. Uh, how can I improve my resilience regarding obstacles when, when let's say reverse engineering, pony, uh, et cetera. Uh, how can I improve my resilience regarding obstacles when let's say reverse engineering? Now, when you're saying re resilience, then, I mean, this is kind of a, a very interesting comment. Are you saying resilience of doing them and the time it takes and the patience? Right. I want to kind of know is that's kind of because resilience for me is the effort in doing something and the persistence. Right? I'll keep doing that. And that's why I want to just kind of clarify uh, prior to question says username plus, how do you recover from burnout? There's so much to do and so much to push myself. Good question. The best way to recover from burnout is sleep, 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 get as much sleep and rest as you can eat really good quality food remove processed food, junk, fruits and vegetables, kind of and do all that and rest, take naps, right? Something that I had to do when I was kind of burning out from IT, take naps throughout the day. The best thing you do is rest and repair, right? If you're burnt out, right? And then take time off if you need it. Take time off and rest. Make sure you exercise. Different between working out and working in. Working out is you feel tired and exhausted after your workout. Working in doing the same exercises, but after you're done, you don't do as much in your workout, but you feel energized. You feel hyper like, Oh my God, I can do more. That's your breaking point. You stop. That's your, your baseline. And then you go out and you kind of do your day to day. That's how you build up more energy. Too many people b work out and break down and they're exhausted, right? Especially if they're exhausted and they're tired already, you're going to, you want to work in and build up your energy. Uh, what's realistic from the frame? Uh, what's re realistic from time frame? Someone starting out in the industry uh, could get a job six months, six months, nine, uh, six months to nine months. From hi, my name is Brandon. I want to get a cybersecurity job. To guess what, guys? I got a job at a sock. Nine months, uh, longest six months probably is 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 doable. But and some people don't get me wrong. I've done it like in you know ninety days, right? Study for the CSSP, hustled really hard, passed that. And while they're doing the study for the CSSP, they're applying for jobs. So it depends on your hustle, right? Now, give yourself some leeway, compassion. Might take up to nine months. Uh, what do you think is the most underrated soft skill for the industry? Com listening, 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 right? And I'm going to kind of use this term, tactical empathy. Understanding the person that you're, you're talking to, listening. Listening with no objective, you know, hey, sec IT, tell me what you're doing and just listening. Not sec IT is telling me what you're doing. I'm thinking, okay, so what's the next question I can ask him? What can I do along this line? How can I do that? It's literally kind of going, okay, hold on. Let me ask him and let me sit back and listen. That's the most underrated skill because so many people get into meetings and they, they ask a question. They're not listening to their clients. They're not listening to the team. And what happens is they miss a lot. And there's, there's a disconnect. Uh, next, how can we read faster and retain more uh, from textbooks? Quick, 
Jim Quick. Everyone look that up. Jim, J-I-M, Quick, K-W-I-K. He has a great speedy reading course, uh, the one I've actually ta taken. Uh, you have to reduce sub-vocalization. So I'm going to give this a quick caveat and kind of uh, in introduction to it. So first and foremost, reduce sub-vocalization. Sub-vocalization means the words that you're reading in your mind, right, in your head. The dog went over. You know, a lot of us in school learn that, you know, read and read to yourself, right? Shh, read to yourself. The dog went into the house, right? And you're reading that internally. Well, you can only read at a certain speed, right? And you, sorry, you can only talk at a certain speed. So as you're saying the words, so I think it's 200 to 300 words per minute. So you're only reading really at that, uh, that speed, that words per minute. When you reduce sub-vocalization, then you can read faster, right? Because you're, you're just seeing the words. And these words, what they call is sight words, right? You don't have to say. So if there's more complex vocabulary, you're going to have to say those words, right? So you can understand it. But sight words are like the, of, and, but, we, there, right? Those are sight words that you can see them and you don't have to read them. You just know what they are. And as you progress and evolve your vocabulary, your sight word vocabulary list is going to get longer or bigger. And then you're not going to have to save those words. But if you sit there and you scan a, a, a sentence, you're going to notice that you're going to have to say, and I'm just kind of looking at this. I only have to say, I'm going to read the quick sentence. It says their data is fragmented and locked in silos. I only have to say internally fragmented silos. The rest I know their data is and locked in. I know those words. I can see them and I know them. I don't have to say them. So that's another way. And there's other techniques. If you have any questions, message me on LinkedIn. I'll help you with that. Uh, what do you think about uh, top four consulting firms? Love them. They're great. Uh, if you want to work for them, go for it. I mean, it's, it's great to get in a big organization, right? And learn from the best, right? In the, in these industries and they have their process, their policies, their training, everything in, in order. So yeah, they're great. Um, is it realistic to get a, a job in management with only unrelated management experience and maybe a cert like a security plus? Yeah, you're going to need some management experience because getting into that role, there's a lot to being a manager. Um, there's a lot of books to read like 360 degree leader. Uh, John Maxwell has a lot of books. I just looking behind me. It has a lot of management books that will help you. Tony Robbins has some courses. You got to know how to manage people. Getting in a management uh, position, you have to learn how to manage people. You have to understand projects. You have to understand time management. There's a lot to it. So if you have really no job, no management experience, it's going to be hard, right? So I would recommend you you, you kind of go and get out those, those other management skills by reading, talking to people. Have a mentor that's a manager. Right? and have them mentor you on the skills. So that's really important. Uh, do the, those free Google MIT courses hold any sway or are they legit credentials? I would say this. The information's legit. How you present it on your resume of doing projects and what you can cover and do, that's how you validate that information. Right? Now, don't get me wrong. Some people do searches on your website and, and look at it and say like MIT. And they kind of go from college, university degree, or even a weekend course. It's at MIT. They catch that up because they look at it as a university. Google, they'll look at it because they're scrolling. They're looking for people who have experience in Google. So you can you can manipulate the resume that way. They'll help. 
But remember, it's when you're looking at the knowledge that you're using, you want to use it in a way that people can say, oh, they have the experience doing these projects. Uh, can I use my Wi-Fi adapter and a laptop on Catalynx for a monitor mode? That's a good question. I actually wouldn't know. Uh, I'll get Sec IT to answer that one. Uh, with no professional IT experience, but over a year of studying using Rangeforest, uh, THM, INE, Code Academy, how should one answer the question, how many years of IT experience do you have? If you only have studying and you haven't applied it, I'd be careful with that one because they're going to throw they're going to throw experience type questions at you, which if you get stuck, you don't want to say I have experience. You don't. How do you now? Here's the, the caveat. How do you get experience? I would say volunteer work, non-for-profits uh, are always looking for help people to volunteer, get out and get some real experience, right? Go apply for jobs, help desk, right? Now, if you're trying to go into cybersecurity, I would go get your security plus and go sock kind of streamline that. You know, if you're going for IT, I would go get a help desk job and start to work your way up to help desk, desktop support, and then system and admin network, network admin kind of going to do that. But you guys, most of you guys are going for security as far as I know. So I would go for a sock. I would take that experience, go for a sock, and then start to kind of get in that way and start to get your cybersecurity experience. As a first cybersecurity job, shouldn't be be remote or in person. Are you, are you telling me? I think uh, it shouldn't be remote in person as a first cybersecurity right now, because we're in the pandemic, you're going to get more remote jobs than in person, right? Especially depending on where you are. If you're in North America right now, certain estates are opening back up, but in Canada right, especially Ontario, we're locking back down again. So if you're going for a job, it's going to be remote, right? It's going to be a remote position. Right? And you're going to be working for a SOC and they'll probably have tools that they've already set up that's cloud-based that you're going to be doing monitoring from your from your home. Uh, how do you define experience time? Is one year of experience 40 hours a week, 52 is a week, uh, 20, 20, 2,080 hours a, a year? I think that is. Um, they define experience as actual months, right? From what I can kind of see on resumes. Right. So you have six months, you have one year, kind of that benchmark. So here's what I've been seeing in the industry. One year, five year, 10 year. Those are kind of your thresholds, right? When you're looking at kind of getting experience, if you get the one year experience, you're, you're a novice. You've got of kind of some beginner. You hit your five year, you're intermediate. You've got some experience. Like we, we, we can trust you coming in our environment. We know we don't have to teach, uh, teach you or train you much. Then what happens is if you get 10 years, you, now they think, okay, you know your stuff, especially one area, one expertise, one area that you know your stuff. So use that as your benchmark, not 40 hours, 52 hours, because you could work 15 hours. You can work, you know, 60 hours. They're not going to measure that. They're going to measure in, in times of months and years. Uh, I think experience can count as contributing to open source projects. Uh, open source projects, uh, would you work in GitHub, Collabs, et cetera, right? I think experience can count as contributing to open source projects. It can, like especially when you're looking at coding, it can help. But you just got to be able to be able to use that and you're looking at coding, right? You have to use that and show what you've contributed to. Now, a lot of companies and organizations want you to have corporate experience, right? Because they want to know if you can work with a team, you can work on projects, you can work on deadlines, you can collaborate with clients, 
team lead project managers, you know, deadlines, and they want to kind of see that experience. So that's where you kind of see that more than, yeah, I've worked at GitHub. Like I worked with GitHub and collapse and kind of put stuff up there and worked in different projects. They want to see more of that. Like, can you work in projects and timelines with clients? Right. And then the whole kind of infrastructure, how to start in consulting at the big four, uh, more analyst jobs. How to start in consulting at the big four. So if you're trying to get into the big four companies, you're going to have to like, it's almost like that analogy, unless you have experience in another company and you can kind of validate that. If you're starting from scratch, you're going to have to work in the mailroom. That's the, the biggest thing. You're going to have to start from sweeping the floors, you know, low end job and then work your way up. Right. And depending on your timelines, like how old you are and what, how much time you have, right. Might be a good thing to do is start kind of the low run, like as a sock analyst or something low and then work your way up and then move and transition throughout the company. Uh, how many hours per day for six months? How many hours per day for six months? Uh, Sec IT, can you kind of clarify that one? Uh, next one. Someone told me that getting into cybersecurity would be hard straight out of the college, stating that they wouldn't trust someone of, of college to work in cybersecurity right off the bat. What would you say about that comes down to presentation. If you can sit there and go, you know what? I've got, I've got this experience. I've worked on these projects. I've been able to do that. This is how I apply these on a, you know, an infrastructure and business level. If you can speak their language. They'll go, okay. And I'm working on this and learning this area and understanding business a little bit more. They'll go, okay, I'll give this guy a shot. He's not, He's not just, you know, this keen little kid that thinks he knows it all. He's learning. He's curious. He's doing all this, right? You know, and that's where it's going to get you. It's, it's your positioning. Your education is your knowledge and your background right now, currently. It's how you present that. And that's the key a lot of times that Neil and all, all of us are talking about. It comes down to presentation. How are you presenting your skill set and articulating it to the, the hiring managers and the people? If I was going to, and I'll give you just a, a quick little mock. If I was going for an interview and I just graduated for college or university, and, and I'll just use college because of your example in a cybersecurity college, right? And had that, you know, diploma, I would go, hi, my name is Brandon. I'm really interested in meeting with you. I'm excited to work with your organization and learn from you guys. Right? I have some experience in these areas at an educational level and I've done these projects, right? And really kind of mastered these ones. And I'd love to be able to apply what I've learned and even expand my knowledge with your team. That's how I would leverage that, right? For me, that's now someone I would go, okay, he knows what he knows. He's kind of getting an idea, but he knows he has to expand and he knows that we can teach him. He's teachable. Perfect. Let's give him a, so Brandon, do you know how to set up a firewall? Do you know how to do this? Do you know that? Yeah. You know, I, I know at least the base level and I, up to this point, is there something, would there be something that you guys are looking for specifically? Right. And I'd always kind of turn these kind of questions to them. Right. So really kind of give them value. So, so that's kind of the last question. Hopefully that helped. I'm going on the next for an unplanned hangout. Perfect. Uh, thanks XIT. Uh, last question. Uh, so security plus certification is worth it. Yes, it's worth it if you're starting out. If you're higher up in the industry, you have your OSAP, kind of your the pen test, your, you're really kind of in it. Security Plus is kind of a, a step back. If you're breaking into the industry, you want to work with the DOD, 
it's something to get you in, right? It's getting you in th uh, through what I basically call is ca call it get through the door, right? Get you past the gatekeepers. And I think it's really important to kind of think along that line. So guys, that's all the questions I see coming in. Uh, I really appreciate you guys spending some time with me. Hopefully, let me know in the, the actual chat, in the score or in Twitch. Did I answer all your questions? Did you guys get value tonight? Let me know. Uh, comment below. I want really kind of want to see that. Uh, for me, that's it for Daily Cyber. I'm really excited about working with you guys and really helping you kind of excel this year. It's awesome to... Yeah, it's awesome to kind of see you guys and see kind of how we can help you out when it comes to cybersecurity. Uh, I just want to see you guys grow in the career. So I just don't want to remind you here, and this is something so important to keep in mind as you're thinking with cybersecurity. Don't forget, software is hackable. Be connected is vulnerable. I'll see you next Daily Cyber.